The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues on the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the Gospel of the Lord. The season of Lent, it begins today, Ash Wednesday. Now, we know that Christmas is popular, and we know that Easter is very popular, but Ash Wednesday is often overlooked In fact, it's frequently avoided. Why? And there's a hint of that in the word, the imposition of ashes. What does the word imposition mean? Help me out. This is an interactive piece. So imposition, what would you say some of the components to imposition are? Hardships, troubles, imposition, what else? To be bothered, taking on a burden. What else comes to mind about imposition? imposing change the word up imposing i'm imposing on you right now i'm putting pressure on you right (laughs) i'm asking you to to talk in a public place when you might not have seen it coming that's kind of an imposing of sorts right um what else comes to mind about imposing there's some other pieces maybe you'll come up with imposing what else comes to mind anything anything All right, well, I had the the ability to go and look at all the definitions. And synonyms for imposing are this. Forcing. Coerced. Inflicting. Levying, as in taxes imposed. Charging, another idea of taxes. Applying, the application of an imposition. An enforcement imposition or a setting an establishment um, fixing imposed the reality that our bodies are going to come to an end the reality of a mortality is being imposed on us this night 
Ash Wednesday. We don't want to die. We really don't want to talk about it. And we kind of avoid people that want to talk about it because we want to live and we don't want to think about it. The reality that there is a God and we are not God, the reality that God has a holy will and that we disobey, that reality is also being imposed on us. Our disobedience, our being sinful in the eyesight of someone else, being not enough is being imposed on us. We don't necessarily like that. We want to live our way as long as we want to imagine it according to our wants, our needs, our appetites, our comforts. And Ash Wednesday imposes a different reality upon that want. Repent. Confess. That's being imposed. For Christians, the imposition of ashes upon the foreheads in the shape of a cross is remember with the same words that God spoke to Adam and to Eve as they were leaving the garden. See, they made a bad decision and affected, infected everyone's sense. We are fallen. We will experience corruption and death and decay. That is a reality. And what God said to them, we remember tonight. From the dust you came. From the dust you return. One important part for us to remember this tonight, having remembered our mortality and our discomfort with that, and having remembered that we are not God and we are not perfect, that God is, and he's calling us to perfection and for this repentance and confession. One important part for all of this Ash Wednesday is, is that Ash Wednesday and these ashes marked on our foreheads in the shape of the cross is not the final word. 40 days from now, actually like 47 if you discount the Sundays, about 40 days from now, ashes, the sign of sorrow and sin and confession, are going to be washed away as remember baptism. Because when you're baptized, you are anointed in that very same place with a cross. Ashes, sin and death are washed. You are adopted into the body and blood of Christ Jesus. That cross is washing away ashes. Forty days from now, this sinful condition, this rebellion of our fallen humanity is healed with the body and blood of Jesus who is on the cross. And on that day, we won't just receive it washing our foreheads. We'll receive it into the very bodies that he's been given us. These temples, the Holy Spirit, his love, his forgiveness, his new covenant is put into us, never to be separated. Ashes are not the final word. The love of God displayed in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ Jesus, that love that wants to bring us home, that is the final word. Now, those things said something else. Um, Something to maybe help piece in what we do during the season of Lent and how it relates to Ash Wednesday. And um, I brought a puzzle to help us with that. Actually, I brought it here, but uh, one of our church members, Miss Brizel, brought it. So if you recognize this in the Brizel clan, that came from your grandma's house. All right. It's a puzzle, um, much like one that I was trying to find, but I can't find. Our boys had puzzles similar to this. It's a hard cardboard puzzle. It's, it's a 16 piece. So I think it's like four by four. Um, so you have a little bit of a challenge in the middle. You got to find the edges. But so here's the puzzle. Now, what I was hoping for is also the box. But... That will, I'm just lucky to have a puzzle. Thank you for bringing the puzzle. So the reason why a puzzle, it seems like yesterday when I heard the sounds of a frustrated child 
It was just like the sounds of and and the sounds of things flying across the room and bouncing off of the walls and the, the glass windows and the little things that cover the windows. It was not a happy sound. I've heard happy sounds of boys playing with toys and I've heard unhappy sounds. This, as all parents know, you've heard it in kids, there was, that was not a happy sound. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I go down the hallway and lo and behold, there is our youngest at the time and that would be Jacob. Yes, Jacob. This is about you tonight. So I'm watching what's going on. There's pieces and stuff everywhere. And apparently he's trying to put together a 16-piece puzzle. It's a child's puzzle. He's about one, two, year, two years old maybe. Um, it was not going well. So I imposed on him. I imposed. I went into his space and I sat down next to him and I asked Jacob, would you like some help putting together a puzzle? And he's a smiling little guy. He said, sure, Dad. Sure, Dad. I kind of smiled at the opportunity. So then I said, and this is always kind of curious with my boys. Maybe they won't remember it until now. But I said, let me tell you the secret about putting puzzles together. Because if I ever had a secret to share with them, boy, I had their attention. They wanted to know secrets. So you want to know the secrets? He said, yeah, Dad. I said, okay, well, first, you have to give me a great big old hug and a kiss on the cheek. And the little two-year-old, they used to like leap on you. You know what kids do. They leap on you, and he tackles me with his hug, and he plants his big slobbery kiss. He still gives slobbery. And, <laughs> and I love him even today, right? He gives big old slobbery kiss on the cheek, and, okay, now he sits down. And so now we have an attitude change, right? Dad's here, and it's going to be okay. So I said, first, Jacob, we've got to get the pieces together. You've got to put everything in front of us. We need 16 pieces, this base, and actually the box it came into. So he goes around, and it takes a while because they were flying, right? So he goes around, and he finds all these pieces, and he sets them right there where we're going to be seated. Now I said, next thing, this is second, Jacob, um, what I need you to do is get the box with the picture on it and put that box right in front of us so we can see what we're after. You need to have an, a view of where you're going. So he gets the box and he sets it up. Next thing, okay, now how about this? Get the picture frame if you can, because there's a little bit of picture on the outside edge. You get a hint. Can you figure out which way is right side up? Like which way is the top, which way is the bottom? Let's match it to that picture. And so we set that down. And the next phase, can you get the pieces and you, can you flip them all up right side up so we see what we're working with? So we're just working through the standard puzzle stuff that the adults know, but the kids got to learn. All right, next, Jacob, can you find corners? Now, the corners, on I think the ones that we had, this one's kind of got rounded edges. It's a little bit more tricky. Ours were square edges, if I remember. I said, Jacob, the corners will have two flat sides. They're mostly flat sides. Can you find four corners amongst all these pieces? Yeah, Dad, he's getting enthusiastic. And we find them, and then we start arranging those. So now, can you find some other ones, Jacob? It's very important that we do this in this order. Can you find some other ones that just have one flat side to them? Some other edges. We always start with the outside, the edge, the boundaries, and we work in. Yeah, Dad, and he's getting enthusiastic because stuff's starting to fall into place and, and the puzzle's starting to come together. Before you know it, we're getting towards the end. I said, we got four pieces left. All right, Jacob, now you've got the rest of this picture. Looking at this picture and looking at this, what's missing? You got four pieces left. You got to make, you can't crush them in. Don't get impatient. They got to fit. He says, yeah, Dad, and he's all over this. And it was like, pow, it's done. It was beautiful little time. What he does next is never a surprise to me. He gets up, he grabs that puzzle that's all put together, 
and he runs to mom. Mommy, 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 look what I did. Look what I did. Yeah, thanks, Dad. He would say that. Thanks, Dad. That's how he said it. He didn't say thanks. It was an S. Thanks, Dad. And he goes and shows it off to Mom. Now, reason and purpose for that story. Thinking back on that time, when I found Jacob, he was frustrated. For a little two-year-old, that's kind of a place of almost like hell, a dark, ugly, unfortunate, tense place. It's not a place of joy and happiness. It was just the opposite. He was frustrated because he did not know how to put a puzzle together. It was beyond him. He was defeated in that he had all these pieces and he couldn't get them in the right place. He had seen it how it was. He knew how he was supposed to get there. But in some ways he had lost that vision and now he couldn't even put it together. And it was like he was defeated. It wasn't come together the way he thought it should. He had his ways about it and it wasn't working out so well. In that place though, He accepted a father's imposition and a father's invitation. In that place, he said, I'll try. I'll try to learn. And I'll do it with you. We'll do it together. Which I happily admit brought a big smile on my face. Which highlights reason and purpose for the season of Lent. A secret, if you will, about Lent. When children of God enter a 40-day time, a spiritual discipline to move toward God, the first thing you want to know is that God smiles. He loves it when we come home to experience this work, this journey with Him. God smiles. Start with that. Next thing is God knows how to beautifully arrange the puzzle pieces of our fragmented and crazy lives. He knows what's right. He knows what's best. He is perfect in these things and he has a plan for us. If only we would come to him and surrender our pieces. Brings us to the puzzle. First, we gather everything that we have, everything that we are, the things we're doing well and the things we're failing, the ways that we're living in holiness and obedience to our Lord as well as the ways that we're disobedient and we're doing it our way. We know what they are. We know our rebellions. We know our successes. We know our failures. We bring it all, and we just, in our prayers and in this season of Lent, we lay it before our Heavenly Father, our entirety of our lives. There. It's there. Second, we place the image of Jesus before us. The image of Him is the one we are to mirror. Jesus is our, is our, is our model, if you will. Third, then we examine God's foundation in his boundary lines. What is it that God has said to do? Go this far and no farther to the ways. Well, humans, he set boundaries to us. He set ways of life and ways for family and ways of interaction. Those are boundaries for our life that keep us in a holy and beautiful place. What are those boundaries? Remember them. Get them faced upright and oriented properly so that you can approach it and at least know what your boundaries are. Next piece is start aligning your life according to those boundaries, facing up towards God so that God can see him and you can see what's going on. And this last thing is then prayerfully go to work with your Heavenly Father to put everything in place. Put the number one things, number one. Put the corners right. means your prayers right and your worship right and your study of God's words right and your service and your love of people is right, your confession, your repentance is right. Get those cornerstones and those edges set first. Then from there, work in to the other places of your life. How are your relationships with people, 
Are the people you need to forgive? Are the people you need to ask for forgiveness? Um, are there some relationships that you need to end because they always lead you in the wrong ways? Are there relationships that you need to begin? What are your relationships with God and with God's people? And work on that middle section. God has a beautiful design. Beautiful design. It's like putting a puzzle together. We don't do it apart from Him. We do it with Him. Now, so beginning tonight, these next 40 days, Emmanuel Lutheran Church, we accept our Father's invitation. Wednesdays and Sundays. We will come to this house and we will listen. We will hear his word. Whether the pastor's words are okay or not, we still heard God's word. What does he have to say to us? And in that place, in listening, then we'll want to learn. Lord, how is it you want me to order? What is out of place? What is this image of Jesus that you want me to go towards and conform my life in? Teach me, Lord. Have me learn. Give me a soft heart to love like him, to serve like him, to be obedient and humble, grateful. And then together we do life with our Father and with each other, sitting together, putting it together. Ash Wednesday begins with an imposition of our mortal boundaries. Don't have to like it the way it is but ashes aren't the final word God knows how to arrange our puzzled pieces God will wash us clean God will give us new life and the love of God that is displayed at Christ Jesus on the cross to come that will be for us our final word God's blessing upon us as we start this Lenten journey as we continue to put these pieces of our life together according to the plan that God has for us in Jesus. God help us be that church and amen.